Hey, DMVR listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, to help decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. As always, we're presented by Total Beverage, where DNVR listeners can get 30% off an order of $25 or more with a max spend of $75 by using the code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Harrison Wind and Brendan vote here on the Tuesday edition of the show. And I want to remind you guys before we get started, and we got a lot to talk about today uh, in regards to uh, some some stuff from the game last night that we didn't uh, talk about. I felt like enough on Monday's show uh, from Denver's win over the Grizzlies. Also, we'll take some questions and then do a little G League check-in as well. But I want to remind you guys, we got our first ever live taping of the DNVR Nuggets podcast this Thursday in just a couple days at Blake Street Tavern, 7 p.m. Myself, Brendan, Adam Mars, we'll all be down there. So if you ever wanted to, be on the show. We'll have a ton of audience participation, a lot of games, obviously DNVR merch that you guys can buy. And it's at Blake Street Tavern where it's just great food, great drinks. There's also going to be TNT games going on there where we can watch as well. So it's going to be a great event this Thursday in just a couple days here, the 21st at Blake Street Tavern, uh, 7 p.m. We'll see you guys there. But Brendan, how's it going, man? How's it going on this Tuesday? Harrison, what's up, dude? I'm joining you from the DNVR office, which is, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's slowly becoming a pretty cool place to be, man. I really like the vibe we got going on here. We got a great vibe in the office. I mean, we can talk about any sport there that we want because we have experts on every sport possible That's crazy. in That's the crazy. office. So, Yeah, dude, just talking sports, podcasting, hanging out. You know, I, I like the mural. I like the stuff we got going on the wall. It's cool, man. This is... This is my sports man cave that I never had. So home away right. from home. Yeah, this is our sports man cave until I have enough money to buy a house and build my own. That's how I'm looking at it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which, um, which if I run the numbers, will be never. So, <laughs> oh man, gotta, break, gotta I... break it to me like that, huh? <laughs> it's yeah. Don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, Harrison, but <laughs> we're not in banking. Yeah, well, like I said, a bunch of stuff I want to get to today, some kind of overflow notes from uh, the win the other night over the Grizzlies and uh, some thoughts on Michael Porter Jr. and what looked like to me uh, like Michael Williams' decision to bench him midway through that fourth quarter of just a blowout win. So we'll get to that along with some questions, but I want to start with a little G League check-in because Bull Bull's got a couple games under his belt. P.J. Dozier has been putting up big numbers in the G League. Uh, Vlaka was down there as well. I guess let's start with Bull. Uh, two games in for him in that opener, in his G League opener, his first game in almost a year, 
Eight points, nine rebounds, four blocks in 18 minutes. His second game just the other night, 10 points, three rebounds, two blocks in 14 minutes. Have you watched, you know, any of those highlights of him down there in the G League? And just what kind of have been some of your initial impressions of how he's looked? Yeah, I watched that first game, man. He's looked pretty good. I It's easy to forget, you know, he played so few games at Oregon, and I wasn't following it particularly closely. It's easy to forget just how nimble and athletic this dude is. When you watch him warm up and shoot around, he looks like a clumsy giant, right? I mean, he's 60% legs. Then you yes. watch him on the court, and he's taking pull-up jumpers off dribble moves. So he is a lot more coordinated than he looks. And uh, my big takeaway is is what a big margin for error defensively with all that size. Oh, for sure, for sure. First off, I think it's a small victory for Denver just the fact that he's on the court and playing yep. in G League games. I think that's a, a little victory for Denver. You know, not much, but you know, something they can look at and say, okay, you know, we're, we're on the right track here. But my biggest impression, my biggest takeaway from watching these two games that he's played so far, it's how he's moving on the defensive end of the floor. Like, he moves, you know, maybe better than Boban Marjanovic, you know, better than Taco Fall, better than these two giants who are in the league right now, or yeah. I guess Taco Falls on a two-way deal, but he moves a lot better than you think he would, particularly on the defensive end for his size. And you mentioned the margin of error he has uh, just on the defensive end of the floor as a rim protector. I I've been impressed with just how he's moved and how he's been willing to like go out onto the perimeter when guarding pick and rolls and whatnot. And um, I look, I think he's got a bright future. I I've been pretty impressed with him through two games. Yeah, he does sort of fit into that physical archetype. I think Taco Fall is a really good uh, kind of comparison because so often we see these giants and they're kind of just placeholders. They're there because of their size. They're there because if you're 7'2 plus, it's hard not to have an impact in basketball. But Bobo is a basketball player. He is skilled. He's experienced. And, and he's mobile. So he, you're right. He's not a flat-footed giant. He's a guy who I think is going to carve out uh, a, a real nice NBA career at some point. Um, it's probably going to be a work in progress, right? He, he's super raw. We talked about the margin fair defensively. Well, that's much greater in general at the G League than the NBA level. But you're seeing the physical tools of a guy who belongs at the highest level, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely still a long-term project. And I would not, like, what's the earliest he could make an impact at the NBA level? I'd say, like, late in the year of next season. You know, maybe that's like the earliest we could see yeah. him play minutes for Denver. I would agree. With that. And if I had to guess, it might even be further out than that. Um, but another thing I've been really impressed with, and this was the case at Oregon. A lot of scouts have talked about this. He's got incredible touch for a seven mm -hmm. foot two guy. He's knocked down a couple mid range jumpers. He's got a couple floaters to go. You know, it hasn't all just been dunks and layups. Right. And it's been something scouts have raved about. It's also something that you can pick up on just watching this guy walk around a gym. He he does some of the things that Jokic does where, yes. like, yep. he's just, you know, dribbling the ball with his left hand and just throw it into the hoop underhand from, like, the foul line or just, that, like. That, like, divine hand-eye coordination. Like, I bet yeah. he's really good at table tennis. And, yes. and always has been. Yeah, he does yeah. have that Jokic kind of vibe for sure. He's just got that really special touch, it seems. And uh, it was the case in college. It was one of the things scouts always talked about. But I think we've seen that in these couple of games so far. So 
I've been impressed. I think if this guy stays healthy, he can definitely be a player. And look, I think there's a very logical scenario where he could play like 10 to 15 minutes a game for Denver, like a Boban does for you know the teams he's been on over the last couple of seasons. So I see honestly a pretty clear path for him going forward. But yes, that's the thing that's important to remember is this is still a long-term project. This is a guy the Nuggets are going to be very patient with going forward. Have you? It sounds like you're pretty dialed into the G League level. Have you caught the other Nuggets G League, G League players at all? Yeah, well, Dozier's been putting up big numbers, and that's somebody who I think Denver really likes. But four games, 18.8 points per game, shooting 50% from three on three and a half attempts per game. Six rebounds, ten assists per game, and big minutes. So you know he's playing big minutes, thirty-eight minutes, thirty-eight minutes per game. But he's also putting up big numbers, and he looks like he could be, you know, maybe a player as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't really get a good feel for him like throughout the preseason and uh, training camp, but he's passing the eye test so far in the G League. And then uh, Vlatko has had a bit of a bumpy start to the G League. Uh, 11 points per game, shooting only 30% from the field in three games, only 2 of 15 from three. So he's taking a bunch of threes, 6.3 rebounds, 3.3 turnovers per game in only 26 minutes. So he's had a bit of a bumpy start. That's unfortunate, and especially from a guy who I think sort of excels in finding his role and and, and climbing into that. Um, So it sounds like it'll be an adjustment for Vlatko. Maybe not surprising, uh, not surprising with PJ. He seems like the kind of guy who would do well at the G League level, long for his position, and just a bucket getter. Do you think Dozier has a future as a backup-type guard in the NBA? I think he could. He's got the length. Like, if you compare him to a guy like Brandon Goodwin, who was on a two-way deal with the Nuggets last season, and like compare those two as NBA futures, I'd say Dozier ha- has more of a logical track. He's got better size. He's better defensively. And he still seems to have like a knack for scoring the basketball yeah. like Goodwin did. But honestly, the G League is a point guard's league. Uh, that That's certainly what it seems like. If you have the ball in your hands, that's the type of guys who are going to put up the biggest numbers. So not terribly surprised either that he's putting up big numbers. But you know, I, I think he, yeah, could have a future someday. All I know is I want a G League team, and we could probably end on that. <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be nice if all three of these guys were on the same team? Uh, Bull and Dojar, but Chanchar is playing for the Erie Bayhawks right now. Wouldn't it be amazing if these guys were on the same team? <laughs> what, a, what a world that would be. I know, that just seems too, seems too illogical. <laughs> yeah, the final thing I'll say on Bull, though, the Nuggets have been very clear from the time they drafted him that this was going to be a long-term play. And I thought that Michael Malone shed some light on that too. At the other day at practice, I asked him about just could he feel how anxious Bull was to play like his first game in almost a year because it was December of 2018 when he suffered that injury at Oregon that ended his freshman season. Wow. And uh, Malone said he definitely could feel you know, how antsy he was and that there was also some nerves. But he also made a point to pull Bull aside before he went down to the G League and pretty much say, hey, there's no pressure. You know, just we know this is your first game in a while. We don't need you to go out there and get a triple double for us or like blow the doors off, you know, the G League competition. Just go down there, play your game, get comfortable and, you know, we'll just be very patient. So I thought that was definitely a good sign that the Nuggets are obviously maintaining that you know, long term mindset. He was a was it a second round pick that they traded Miami? 
Do you remember? Yeah, it was, it was a, pre- a second round pick, forty uh, fourth overall, I believe. Man, why not? You know, why not? I'm excited about Bull Bull. Yeah, very excited as well. A lot more I want to get to, particularly from uh, the fourth quarter of that Memphis game and some interesting developments in terms of Michael Porter Jr.'s playing time. But we're talking about the Breck Hot Peak IPA today uh, here on the podcast. Another one of my favorites from Breck Brewing. Perfect for any situation. If you're going to a bar, if you're maybe out on the park on a weekend, if you're you know going out with some buddies, uh, the Breck Hot Peak is a great beer. Uh, could not recommend it more. You've had a couple of those, right? Dude, I love the Hot Peak IPA. In fact, yeah. I'm going to get some on the way home because I'm out of beer, and an IPA sounds like it'll hit the spot. Well, we might have some in that very handy-dandy Breck Brew right. cooler. The best part refrigerator. of the office. Yeah. Uh, in the office there, that Breck beer has very graciously stocked full of beers for us. So uh, I maybe check that out on your way out. Will do, man. Will do. If they're closed, you can drive with them, right? I'll Google that. Yes. No, definitely. I mean, you go to a liquor store, you pick up beer. This is true. How are you going to get home? Ah, That's a good point. (laughs) That's a good point here. And, you know, before we get any further, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. So we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming. I mean, it's pretty much already here. We've already seen it a bunch, and you'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything for snow plows. DRC can cut the size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We actually went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that's used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR and tell them who sent you. So I want to touch on what happened at the end of this win over the Grizzlies and uh, when it came to Michael Porter Jr., uh, the rookie ha- who's been in the rotation a bit over these last couple games, but you know, over the first nine or so games really wasn't. Uh, so just to set the stage here, the Nuggets were up 108-80, to 80, up by 28 points at the start of the fourth quarter, 12 minutes on the clock when Porter subs in. He was subbed out when Denver was leading 121-94. They're up by 27 points. I think was at about like the six minute mark of the fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter messed up a defensive switch, just messed up a, a defensive sequence there. And, and you could see Malone take the timeout and actually motion to the bench, motion to Tory Craig to check in for him. And I know we touched on it a little bit on Monday's show, but I thought Adam did a good down, good job of breaking this down on the list, which you can find on the dnvr.com. Nice plug. But also, what are kind of some more of your thoughts on this sequence? 
Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad, right? It was he he messed up the switch. He missed it the first time, and then he missed the second switch, and then he recovered to the wrong guy, his original guy. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is these are the kinds of plays that. And Michael Porter Jr. is a rookie, and he hasn't played for a long time, but these are still reads that you can make as a high-level basketball player without that experience. These are reads These are reads you should make, right? And that was a basic switch. So to be clear, Malone's frustration is not with MPJ's imperfection. It's with some pretty you know, sincere and sizable issues. Like if he's struggling to rebound and struggling to defend and struggle to switch on a simple double screen like that, then I get why Michael Malone's going to feel like this kid isn't ready. Uh, but I, I just go back. I revert to the point that that we made in last night's pod. I'm not sure how he's going to get ready if he's not given a longer leash in blowout games. Yeah, and I, I agree with, with what you're saying there, and I agree with, agree with the point you made on Monday's show that you know, he's got to stay in there. Like You can't be pulling Porter for defensive mistakes in a— 30-point game late in the fourth quarter. Those are very valuable minutes for him. And Denver has not been in a ton of blowouts this year. And there haven't been a ton of minutes that you know you can just give to Porter and say, okay, go out and make your mistakes, and we can live with it because the game is already in hand. The game's already decided. And um, so I felt like it was a weird decision going back and watching it this morning. And it was interesting because there were also a couple – offensive possessions from Denver and particularly from Porter where you know he attempted a couple pull-up jumpers one from three with around seven and a half minutes left in the fourth and then a step back from two a deep two uh, with 618 left right before the defensive miscue that seemed like it ultimately got him pulled I don't think those were really to Malone's liking either um, but I don't know if you saw the quote that Malone had post game. I tweeted it out late at night because uh, that, that's when I saw Altitude put it up on their YouTube channel. Uh, but Michael Malone said, let me get to it right here. The thing I'm disappointed in is you're up 28 going into the fourth quarter. Are you going to create good habits and learn to play with a lead? Or are you going to allow them to cut it to 17 points, which Memphis eventually did long after Porter had already been subbed out of the game. And then he goes on to say, we have to do a much better job playing with leads, being disciplined, and not thinking about self before the team. I, I thought that quote definitely just like raised my eyebrows. Malone has a really tight wheel on the steering wheel, a uh, tight grip, I should say, on the steering wheel. And it's strange how he tightens up even harder the bigger the lead gets. We've seen it multiple times this year, um, not just subbing out MPJ, but also all those rage timeouts. Um, and and I get it. I mean, you go. You want to build championship habits, but if it's year four, year five of this guy's voice, last year you won fifty four, you advance, you're a game away from the Western Conference. But at a certain point, don't you get tired of that kind of energy? And 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 how 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 well are players hearing that and receiving that? And more specifically with MPJ, I obviously don't know what motivates him, what makes him work. But is he the kind of kind of guy that's going to hear all of this better the next day? in a film session in which you can point to the minutes where he stayed on the court and say, here's what we need to see from you. I, I wonder if he's the type to be highly discouraged by consistently being pulled out like this. So again, I, yeah, I understand I good... where Malone's coming from, but no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. Malone will look at this as a teaching moment, but if you're MPJ, 
there's only so much I feel like you can learn from watching film and watching the mistakes you made. Like defense in the NBA is so tough. It's so nuanced. There's you know, so much stuff that you can only learn and you can only pick up by actually being out there and going through it. And so he can watch as much film as he wants, but you know, he's going to have to just go out there and play through his mistakes right. eventually. And midway through the fourth quarter in a 30-point game that's already been decided for the last 10 minutes, I don't think there's a better time for him to learn from his mistakes than that. Yeah, and, 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 and wouldn't he be that much more receptive to it if he actually got his 20 minutes, right? Throw him a bone, and maybe he throws you one as well. Um, and, and this yeah. is, to I think Malone's intention here is admirable. This is a type of player where last time he really played, his job was to just put the ball through the hoop. And that was in high school, really. I'm not counting those college games. So if he's ever going to be malleable, if you ever get a chance to try to put the right habits in this kid, it's now. And I get that. But I just wonder if a player of his caliber who justifiably thinks so highly of himself, how well is he going to respond to this this, you know, really, really short leash? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to see how Malone approaches that you know, going forward because like he he's just gotta you know get some minutes and two days before this game, you know, when the Nuggets hosted the Nets, Michael Malone pregame said the only way he's gonna get better is if he plays minutes and plays through his mistakes. <laughs> and then in that Brooklyn game, you know it seemed like definitely there was some plans to get him more minutes than the three and a half that he ultimately played against the Nets. And you know some things with the game flow obviously changed that, um, but. You know, Mike Mullen's got to stay true to his word there and, you know, give him the opportunity to play through his mistakes. And if he doesn't want him to play through his mistakes uh, when the game is in the balance, in like the competitive portion of the game, okay, but you've got to let him at least yeah. play through those mistakes in garbage time. Surreal. It's surreal to hear him explain the exact process. And then we see him get to these points in that process in which he has to take a deep breath and he's failing to. So it's it's strange to me, man, and I do worry about it a little bit. I do. You gotta let him play in the blowouts. Yeah, definitely. And going back to what I was saying earlier, the Nuggets haven't had like any blowouts so far. I know. You know. Just the second opportunity, and if you remember, he didn't give him run in that Miami game either. Um, you know, these are both games where theoretically he could have been playing through the full fourth quarter. You mentioned those tough shots he took, and I, I get why Malone wouldn't love those, but I also think it's worth pointing out that no one in that unit was really playing the type of basketball that had gotten them that lead, the whole thing had kind of decayed. And I didn't necessarily blame Porter Jr. for looking around, seeing nothing, and just getting a shot up. Um, but look, I mean, his work's cut out for him. He knows what he's got to do. He's got to focus defensively, focus on the glass, and and hopefully that'll earn him 20. Yeah, definitely. So I do want to get to some questions here uh, that we've got via Twitter. Before we do, though, quick word from Piper Electric. Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983. Through a commitment to customer service and team performance, Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor that you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. But you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.
All right, let's get to some questions here. Uh, this one comes from Quinn on Twitter. What are your takes on the new threads? Mm, unoffic- I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, maybe an unofficial leak yes. of the city uniforms. A black skyline design made its way onto Twitter. Uh, what do you think? Dude, I love it. I, lo- I loved the whites. I know there's some sort of like, in hindsight, some people are, are not loving those. I know they were popular when they came out, but uh, they look great on black as well. Not terribly surprising, right? We had some clues. We saw those custom shoes, Monte Elite on Instagram. Those were black. Um, I'm just glad that they kept the, st- the skyline, whether it's white, blue, or black. I thought it worked so well last year. Um, stick with it this year. And I think this is just going to be a really fun kind of – when you see the Nuggets out in that uniform, I think it's going to feel like Denver, but it's also going to feel different. It's going to feel cool and new. Yeah, I agree. I love them. And look, first off, I'm a little ticked off that Nike's making teams replace that City Edition uniform every season. I get why they're doing it. Obviously, they can make a lot more money if there's a new uniform out there to buy every single year. But I feel like it would be cool if teams could leave it up to themselves and decide on if they want to keep that City Edition uniform year to year or if they want to change it up because – Look, I I feel like the Rainbow Skyline was an awesome uniform, but didn't quite get enough run because, you know, they only played in it, what, like 10 to 15 times last year? Yeah, it seemed like the players didn't like it very much. Um, Yeah. And they preferred those those Mile High City ones. I wonder if they'll feel differently about the black. I I, I don't know, man. I love the whites, but this works for me as well. And, uh, yeah, just keep the rainbow around for as much as possible. But I'm with you, man. I... (laughs) Like what? Where's the value in a jersey? Like what kind of history? What kind of vibe is it supposed to soak in and represent? If it only runs for six, seven months, it's a little tough. Yeah, that is a thing with throwback jerseys. Like there's a sense of nostalgia because you associate a certain jersey with like a certain era of a team, you know. And if they just wear these uniforms for like one season, I don't know if that nostalgia factor is still going to be there. Yeah. I, Completely agree with that. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to these, and I think the fans are going to love them. I really do. I think we'll see a lot of these out in Denver this year. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very popular jersey. Definitely the most popular one that they wear this year. The dark blue Mile High City ones are going to be back, obviously. They've already worn them uh, this season. Those still might take the cake for my favorite jersey that the Nuggets have. Like, I, I don't know. Something about those jerseys, just the color, uh, how it pops on the court. That deep blue, I just think, is a great color for this team. Those still might be my favorite jerseys. Yeah, yeah, probably me too. But um, I'm, I'm stoked for these ones, man. And I think, again, we should clarify, not reported, not official, but the the picture that was leaked, it seemed to have like a team store tag and, and NBA tags attached to it. So I'm like 99% sure this is it. Yeah, could very well be. So if those are it, I, I think we both approve. I think the players will really like them as well, as well. Uh, the fans. This question comes from Ray William on Twitter. Based on their play to this point, what price point do you put on Malik Beasley and Wancho Aaron Gomez in contract years? I'm guessing he's just talking about how much would Denver pay for, you know, a contract extension for those guys. You know, Malik, like if you were to ask me this question <laughs> at the beginning of the season and looking at it now, I think he's probably hurt his value a little bit, you know, with his play. He's still a guy who 
projects as a really high upside two-way wing going forward who can defend or who should be able to defend and you know that can knock down jumpers with a, a really developing offensive game and that's going to be really desirable among teams um, but just the fact that he's kind of buried on Denver's bench right now and out of the rotation I feel like that must have killed his value and just kind of lowered a potential contract for him just a tad you know, that can obviously go up throughout the year if he gets back in this rotation, which I'm sure he will at some point. And then, um, you know, with Wancho, I feel like Denver might be able to keep him because his value could be so low right now. I yeah, don't know. Except those two guys are now trending in opposite directions. <laughs> Wancho's playing himself up. Malik, it's weird. Malik's shooting the ball well, but on the court, it's just looked so rough. He had a really tough summer, as we know about, that was publicized. Um and look, I, I believe in Malik, and Malik's very talented, and I think he'll be fine. But it is objectively the case that his stock has taken a hit since the end of last season. I had him at the I, I had him at the 460 mark with the, with the ability to play himself into more money than that, possibly a lot more. Um, but but now, yeah, 460 seems a little safer now. Might even come under that. Um, we'll see. I don't think Denver will be able to retain Malik either way. I don't know if they're if they're going to want to with the way the rotation is shaking out now. Um, Wancho's interesting. <laughs> well, I didn't think Wancho was going to cost you anything, but now he's a part of the rotation and he's like your sixth best player. So we'll see. Yeah, I like that figure for Malik, like fifteen to seventeen million a year. That seems fair. I think he could definitely get more than that. Like I would not be surprised if he got twenty million in free agency. Nope. Just with how bad this free agent class is and how kind of desirable his skill set is and but, he's restricted right so some teams might feel inclined to hey let's just make a denver let's just make an offer denver can't even bother matching yeah so, yeah but I, I would agree with you i don't see him coming back um you know partly because i just am not going to believe denver is going to pay the luxury tax until i see it and uh th- they could resign him i guess in theory and they've still got Jeremy Grant to resign. Paul Millsap is coming off the books. So I guess they could maybe resign and avoid the luxury tax. Uh, but I think that's kind of a thing that's still hanging out there. I don't know if Denver's going to be willing to pay that. Uh, I hope they would, but you know, I'm not convinced. And then, yeah, Wancho, you know, I, I would just love to see him come back. Like, I can't see a team really breaking the bank to bring him in. And I do wonder if he'd give Denver a little bit of a hometown discount just because he spent his whole career here. And, you know, if he does carve out some minutes this year and, and Denver, you know, plays really well with him on the floor, I know that's kind of been the case over the last couple of seasons, but, you know, maybe that gives him some confidence that he'll be in the plans next year as well. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, I didn't really – nothing to add there. Not helpful. <laughs> Uh, here's the last question I see, unless you see any others on your end. Miroslav asks, what will the vibe around the Nuggets be if they beat the Rockets? He wants you to answer impersonating me and me to answer impersonating <laughs> Adam. Okay, I like this. Um, okay, uh, this is Harrison Wind of formerly BSN. You know, if Denver, after Denver beat Houston tonight, you know, I had had the concern meter at three, three and a half. <laughs> I'm going to bump it down all the way to two, maybe a one. And I'm just going to say what it, what I've been saying, you know, before the year started, really the last couple of years, and that's that I think this Denver team is good enough. I think they have a chance to win the West. Uh, <laughs> am, I, am I wrong, Harrison? No, that's uh, that, that's pretty on, on point, I think. What would, Ad, what would Adam say? He's, he's a hard man to read these days. He's pretty mercurial. 
Yeah, if um, if they beat Houston, Adam will say the Nuggets' offense is back. It's officially back. The ball is popping. The ball is popping. Jokic is engaged. The Nuggets are officially back. I think that's what he would say. I'll I might agree too, dude. If the Nuggets beat Houston after that game, I think every optimistic take from the summer stands. Jokic is is slow start, notwithstanding. Right. If they do beat Houston, um, wow, they will be sitting pretty despite still, you know, not playing their best basketball. Important to note that they almost definitely will not beat Houston. <laughs> hey, they beat them last year. That's true. They beat them last well, year. It was Malik Clint Beasley, Capella. by the way, who had 35 yes. points. So we're going to need 40 from Wancho. <laughs> Big asterisk. That game came without Clint Capella. So. Oh, that's <laughs> we'll right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Big time asterisk there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, any other uh, thoughts from you? I don't think we had any other questions come in, but um, you know, we always throw questions our way on Twitter or on the dnvr.com. That comment section uh, where we take questions for the show is only open to subscribers. Uh, so make sure to get in there, and you guys can get an annual membership to dnvr.com, the dnvr.com for only three dollars and seventy four cents a month. Oof. Make sure to use promo code Wind or Vote with that. Nice. And I'm not sure how long that deal will stay around. So uh, get in quick. You also get a free T-shirt. Uh, a lot of cool T-shirts right now on the DNVR locker. So make sure to check those out as well. And I'm just going to tack on here and plug that live show again. Thursday, 7 p.m., Blake Street Tavern. Come on out. I mean, it's not just for us. I, there's not enough stuff, like Nuggets stuff, happening in this town. You know, BST wants to become a Nuggets bar. We want to fill it with Nuggets fans live pod you can be on the show you can win tickets you can win merch and then we're just gonna hang after the show drink beer and talk hoop so come through it's what we want we think you'll have fun it was a lot of fun last year and we look forward to doing these all year yeah i can't wait for that this thursday 7 p.m blake street tavern we'll see you guys there and we'll be back with another episode on wednesday talk to you guys then Hey, before we get out of here, as you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And our friends at Green Mantle Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.